This is Tony, Dungeon Master of D&D Raw. And before we begin, I just wanted to say, if you enjoy D&D Raw, we would love it if you would support us on Patreon to hear new exclusive content and updates before anyone else. By contributing as little as $1 per month, patrons enable us to dedicate more time to creating episodes. Our higher level patrons get access to DM's notes, outtakes from our episodes, the chance to add an item or NPC to a D&D Raw episode, and even to join our monthly patron game. We wanted to thank all of our Adventure Tier and Above patrons for their support this month. So thank you Jeremy Kleinhans, a Linux fan, and Dark Queasy, and a very special thanks to our producer tier patron, Gnome, for serving as a producer on this episode. To find out more about how you can join this list of outstanding people, go to patreon.com slash dndraw. If you're not able to support DND Raw on Patreon, we would love it if you leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, two other things before we begin. First, I wanted to give a special shout out and thanks to our most recent iTunes review. So thank you so much, Pod Addict T. We really appreciate the comments on our audio quality, the storytelling, and I agree that they are great player characters. <laughs> I actually legitimately laughed out loud when your last line of stop reading your review and just hit play already. Thank you so much. That was a fantastic comment and we really appreciate it. Second, we wanted to give a shout out to a particular podcast coming out soon with a married couple who play Dungeons and Dragons together and the story that they come up with. So without further ado, here's the promo for me, my spouse, and a die. Welcome to the land of Moir, home to the city-states of Stagpine, Elystria, and the Dwarven One. These are some of the places you will get to visit and explore alongside Octavia Marguerite Sinclair on Me, My Spouse, and a Die. Me, My Spouse, and a Die is a family-friendly actual play Dungeons & Dragons podcast where a husband and wife sit down to play a custom campaign one-on-one. Launching Wednesday, January 30th, and releasing weekly every Wednesday after that. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast to stay up to date with our latest news and announcements. Hope you don't magic miss us. <laughs> oh, it's so dumb. And don't forget to check us out next week where we will be doing our mailbag and recap episodes from episodes 1 through 10 of both Serviceable Plots and Rumble Squad to catch you up. But for now, on to episode 10 of Rumble Squad. No, my me thrill. With me today are the following players. Hi, I'm Nick. I'm playing Leuven Cromdell, the half-elf alchemist artificer. Hey, I'm Jane. I will be playing Nissa Turin, the gnome arcane trickster rogue. Hi, I'm Chris, and I will be playing Org Fireforge, the dwarven forge cleric. Hey, I'm Rachel, and I will be playing Elaine Fox, the human druid barbarian. Last time, the party battled against a protector of a city that they learned was called Neverhelm, as they were beaten down by this bronze golem, but in the end, they were victorious. Deciding to find a place to hide out and rest, they recovered from the previous day's ordeals and began making preparations for what to do next. We pick up with the party as they awaken the next morning. So, you guys wake up. Nissa, you have ten darts. 
that were lying beside you when you awoke, and everyone else wakes up about two hours later, but the rest passes uneventfully. It's a little weird. You're not sure of the sense of time down here with no sun. What would you guys like to do now as you're getting up? getting ready to go. Since I knew before we laid down that Leuven and Oric were going to do some, like, investigating, I'd probably go over and be like, so did you guys find anything when you were looking? There's something off about this place. My connection to my deity is much more strained than it has been. Yeah, I'm getting a really weird sense about this place as well. Not in the religion sense, but in a just general, it's unsettling. I think there's a a block with nature as well. So those runes over there, most of them are no longer active. Actually, that one isn't now. Uh, And and they're what controlled basically the security system of these golems. And well, it's pretty cool when you're not on the receiving end. We also determined this place is called Neverhelm. I've never heard of it. And neither has Leuven. Can I do a check? I would. Nissa, Elaine, you can both do history checks. 14 total. 17. You guys have never heard of this place. Yeah. And Leuven repeats the, the saying again and points out that it's in both Elvish and Dwarvish on the different plaques. Yep. Is there any other writings or anything that haven't been deciphered or read? Or they, they pretty much covered everything? They haven't noticed any other writings as they were looking around. Okay. Yeah, I got no clue what that means. So, cool. One thing of note I did notice is that the hammering never seemed to change, which makes me think it may be something mechanical in origin and not an individual doing it. So I'm going to mention, none of you have been hearing a hammer. Hammer? What do you mean, Auric? You don't hear it? I know dwarvish ears are superior to most others, but I figured you'd be at least able to hear it. That's a negative, boss. And you see Elaine roll her eyes at, like, the superior quote. (laughs) You hear a hammering? Aye. Maybe you need to lay off on the crafting there, buddy. Maybe maybe you're doing too much lately? Although, speaking of, did you make these? I did. I thought you might like them. I noticed you didn't have anything to hurl at that giant golem. I figured these might come in handy next time. Wow, thanks. I love them. Aye. Do do you want one of my daggers in exchange? No. You sure? (laughs) You want to trade? (laughs) She's like really confused, like, why somebody just made these and just given them to me for free? (laughs) Elaine will put like her hand on like Nissa's dagger. It's called a present. It's what friends do. I do it, but I'm broke. (laughs) (laughs) I have some ideas for improvements for your daggers as well, but they may have to wait for another time. Also, Auric, before I forget, I know you told me you had another present for Nyssa, right? I don't know how I never noticed before, but here, I have this that I made earlier. I think it'll fit you. Try this on. He's showing you the studded leather armor that he made yesterday. My eyes are going to go huge. I'm looking even more confused, like more presents. I don't get this what's going on. But taking it at the same time. <laughs> Hopefully it'll keep you alive better than what you have. Thanks, I appreciate it. So, take a few minutes. Auric will say you make some adjustments to make sure it fits her a little bit better. But, Nissa, you now have studded leather armor. Oh, by the way, after I've collected some more herbs and other ingredients, I can try and modify your weapons and armor to make them more magically effective. <gasps> yes, please. That goes for everyone. <laughs> I would like to stealth whisper to Nissa. I think you've got sponsors. <laughs> whisper back. What's that mean exactly? It means you have a real job. Oh, I've never had one of those. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, you guys clearly see them whispering to each other, but Luvin's a curious sort, so he'd try to lean in and hear. <laughs> you literally just hear me going, you have a job. <laughs> Auric, do you happen to have any non-metal armor on you? 
No, most everything I had is back in the cart. Metal is uh, kind of my specialty. There is some leather armor. Could she use Nissa's? Yeah. Oh. Or it can make some adjustments and have it fit you if you want. Yes, I have leather working tools. I can make it happen. Go ahead and roll wisdom with proficiency at this, because you're trying to essentially refit this very uh, slight leather armor into more of a medium build for Elaine. 19 total. Okay. It takes you the better part of an hour to patch in some of the pieces that you have, especially from refitting the one that Nissa's wearing, and extend it a bit, but Elaine, you have leather armor. Yay! Nissa's gonna lean over like, it it might need cleaning, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a little stinky, but it's okay. (laughs) When I have all of my tools back, we can make some additional improvements, but this will probably do for now. I'm not complaining. So, feeling... Slightly better protected. What would you guys like to do next? You've had some time, you've recovered, you're feeling better, still sore and tired, and the sense of time is off. So I noticed last night while you guys were all resting, I was kind of like wandering around a little bit in this, just in this area. And there's the path we came from. And then there's the path to the left where the tinging is, you think is coming from? The earring? Okay. Which is where the light's also coming from. And then there's uh, the straight ahead path. Do you guys have a preference to which one? I wouldn't mind finding the source of the hammering and the light source. So all of you notice the light that's still flickering, but... But none of us hear the tinging. None of you hear the tinging. Oric, you still hear it. All right. I'm convinced it's my superior dwarven hearing. Of course you are. (laughs) How long have you been hearing the hammering noises, Oric? Just since we got in through the entrance of the doors. Around the same time we could see the light... You often hear ringing noises without a source. Only when I'm swinging a hammer. Hey, let's try this. Close your eyes and cover your ears. Do you still hear it as loud? I will humor him. (laughs) You still hear it, but your ears are muffled. So the sound does sound muffled. Yeah. No, it it sounds muffled when I cover my ears, as expected. Okay, so it's not some kind of... It's not in in my head, head lad. Hey, look, we were all thinking it. He just was the weird one to say it, okay? I'm not going to lie. Levin didn't even mean it in that way, but... Nissa would have. Elaine would have as well. Well, I guess we'll head in that direction then. So you guys are heading down the path that has the flickering light and where Auric hears the sound of hammering. Mm -hmm. Can I be on the lookout for anything that looks like those kind of runes or uh, plaques that had the the golems? Good, thank you. Okay, roll a perception check. What are the rest of you doing? I'd actually also like to do that. Perception check. Okay. I would say I'm doing the same. So you're looking for the plaques or... Anything that was similar to where the statues were, especially as she kind of triggered it, so... Just walking along, trying not to stumble over my own feet. All right. Perception checks. So 21. 11. 13. Okay. As you're walking, Auric, you notice a little ways in that some of the ground looks uneven. There's rubble everywhere and all that still. And while as you're moving along, the terrain is less difficult here, but there's something like the coloration is off on the ground a little bit ahead of you. It looks like in an anime when the ground is colored differently or the mountain is colored differently and you know it's going to explode. Yep. Okay. (laughs) Just checking. So something ahead of you. You don't notice any of the plaques, but you do notice that. All right. I will point that out to the party. Does it look like there's a path around it? Yes. Okay. Like you could kind of like shimmy along the side of it. Something about that spot right there doesn't look quite right. I think we should try and move around it if we can. Okay. No objections. 
I just put a hand on Nissa's shoulder to be guided around since I'm blind. The light from ahead seems to still be like reflecting off the walls almost as you're kind of proceeding. The path kind of keeps curving around. Or you do notice a couple other spots as you continue on now that you're aware of this, where it's a very similar situation where there's like a little bit of edge that looks normal and then there's like a spot towards the center that's just off. So I'm assuming you guys continue to skirt around these areas. Okay. Sure. It's a well-guarded ancient city. Got it. Got to say. Yeah. Crazy, huh? All right. So as you guys are moving on, the path ends at what appears to be a metal door. At this point, all of you can hear the hammering. <laughs> Told you I wasn't making it up. I mean, it was possible. Superior dwarven hearing. I roll. Mm-hmm. Lewin's used to it. He just shrugs. <laughs> Uh-huh. Oric has somewhat of a spud grin. Oric, you do notice that there seems to be kind of slightly hidden some writings in the stone right next to the door. Can I tell what it says? Yep. It is in Dwarvish. It says, as all good smiths learn to create, something must be given. Each must do their part to calm the flames in the creation. That is promise. I'm going to read it aloud to everybody. I think that it means we may have to give something up. In order to proceed onward. I have an idea that may work. Nissa, those darts that I just gave you, may we each have one to keep? Sure. And I'll pull one out to give to everyone. Does it look like there's a spot to deposit anything? Nope. Nope. When she hands it to us, does anything happen? Nope. So the door's there. It has a handle. It has a keyhole. Why don't we just try the handle? Wait, 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 wait. Mage hand. Okay. I'll step back. I pull it out to go and test the door handle and just probably check for traps. I would like to give you guidance for checking for the traps. Okay. Investigation check. Ten total. Ouch. Mm-hmm. Door seems fine. When we go through, we may have to deposit this, these items, in order to give them up. Okay. Is it unlocked, though? You haven't tried to open it yet. That's what I was like. <laughs> she, she hasn't actually tried to open it. We don't even know if it's unlocked. I, I'll use Mei-chan to try and open it. Doesn't move. Dang it. Seems like it's locked. These doors? Go ahead. 14. Okay. Takes you a minute, but you do hear that satisfying click, click, and the door kind of inches slightly open. I guess I can try and just open the door and peek inside. Okay. You initially look in, and it looks like there's a small hallway that then curves to the left. Okay. I will open the door so that everyone else can see, and I will proceed down the hallway being mindful of existing traps and other writings. As the door opens, there is a light source from inside. So you do see the hallway. Okay. So Auric is going in. Uh, you just, you're walking in investigating. You're walking in stealthily. What are you doing? I'd say investigating. Okay. What are the rest of you doing as Auric is walking in and going around the corner? I'll follow him in and try and look for traps and anything that looks problematic. Okay. Luvin? I'll investigate as well as Auric is doing. And Elaine? Same. All right. Investigation checks from everybody as you are walking in. Yay! 15. 18. 20 total. 19. So you guys are initially investigating, and as you're walking in, you see just on the interior, there are a few arcane runes. Auric has already rounded the corner by this point. You still hear that that banging sound. Auric, as you're rounding the corner, and everyone else is following behind, you are able to see into what looks like an empty smithy. However, once you pass the corner, as the rest of you are going in, the door slams shut behind all of you. And it's starting to feel warm. (laughs) 
Is it like a solid door that closes behind? It is a metal heavy door. Hmm. As you hear the door slam, Orc, you notice on the far corner of the room by the furnace that is lit and definitely generating heat, a very big figure, like spiked, almost armored body, kind of stone-like in its appearance, kind of lift its head up. You see blood dripping from its mouth as it just lifts its head and looks in your direction and just stands up as you see in its hand a dead orc Uh that it tosses to the side. And it just starts going, Do we know what language that is? Nope. You see this figure reaches down and picks up what looks like a very large, like, sharpened stone attached to a long stick that it holds in both hands and just stares at you. So you said that there's a a forge in this room? Yep, this is a smithy. Okay. Does it look like there's a place, like a crucible or something, that we would be able to deposit materials into? From what you can see, there's just the open forge that is uh, behind this creature. Okay. I'm going to step forward and hold up the dart that I have, and I will- You see it immediately, like, lift this makeshift blade as it starts to come towards you a little bit? I'm not holding it in a threatening manner. Yeah, it still does that. Okay. I'm going to call out to it. I offer this dart as part of the creation. Uh, What are you speaking in? I'll speak in Dwarvish. It just stares at you. Does it look like it's going to attack? Roll insight. Okay. 24. It looks angry, but you're also noticing it looks very tired. As you're noticing, it's it's breathing heavily, and its head's kind of lulling, and it's just... I have a quick question. Yes. Has the banging sound stopped? Nope, still going on. Okay. Yeah, we can't see anything that looks like the origin of it in here? Nope. Okay. I would like to kind of approach going towards the forge in the back, just approaching slowly and in a very non-threatening manner. Okay. You see it holding its weapon up high like it's ready to strike. As you get closer, you notice there are four dead orcs, only one of which is torn apart. Is there anything distinguishing about the ones that are not torn apart or the ones that the one that is torn apart? Roll perception. Okay. What are the rest of you doing? Panicking. (laughs) (laughs) I got a 14. Okay. The one torn apart, the blood's dried, so it's been dead for a bit. The others look like there's so much sweat like on their person that it looks like they're almost just dehydrated. They're dead, but it looks like they literally passed out from dehydration. So I will actually repeat what I had said in Dwarvish, only this time in common, about offering up the dart. Is there any different reaction? More just, he seemed to recognize what you said. When I said it in common? Yes. Okay. I will turn back to my comrades and tell them to do the same with their darts. I do so, and in common I say, uh, give praise to Neverhelm. (laughs) As you say that, though, the fire in the forge starts to die down a little bit. And he turns to look over his shoulder, confused. And he points behind you, and he points at himself. Do you wish to leave? Slow nod. And he points at you, and he points at his head, and then points behind you. Can I insight what he's doing? Yeah, can I... Can I do the same? Anything? A non-natural 20. 21. 21 too. You kind of are getting the impression you know or thoughts and leave. Like he's asking a question. If we know how to leave. Yeah. Yes. If we know how to get out. I will 
tell him, I, I think I know how to get out of here. I think we all have to contribute something of our own to the forge in order to leave. He's looking real confused. I will point to him. <clears throat> and then you said that he has a weapon? It looks like a long, very thick branch that has a sharpened stone blade attached to it. Okay. I will try and make a gesture indicating that that's the subject and then pointing to the the forge behind him. Why don't you put yours in as a show? Yeah. He, he just... And he doesn't seem happy about that. And he's gesturing towards his weapon and towards all of you. So I will kind of walk up and try and go by him and I will point to the dart and I will put it in the, the forge. Okay, you have to walk right next to him. Yes. To get past him. Well, I would definitely try and tell you to, to stay back just so it's less threatening. You do see his muscles are tense as you get closer. Yep. I will point to my dart and I will point out to the forge and say, I'm going to put it in there. He points at your belt where your warhammer is Uh and points at the ground. I will remove my warhammer and place it on the ground. And then he just stares at the rest of you. I will hold up my light crossbow with no bolts in it. He starts to reach around and you notice a javelin that he pulls up. I'm putting it down. I'm making a gesture. Putting it down. Roll persuasion. 17. Lowers the javelin a little. Then he just shifts his head and nods towards you, Auric. Do I gain the sense that that's a proceed? Possibly. Okay, I will proceed and put my dart into the forge. You see, he looks ready to strike at you the whole way, but you toss your dart in. The forge actually lights up for a moment. Make a con saving throw for me. Oh, that was a natural one. So four total. Okay, take four points of fire damage. Okay. And the flame kind of dies down a bit. Your dart is gone. And now that you are this close, you see above the forge, it says the same thing. As all good smiths learn to create, something must be given. Each must do their part to calm the flames in the creation. It actually glows for a moment as you toss that in. The runes do. Mm-hmm. Okay. I will point that out to the creature and I'll call out to him. You can put your javelin in there or any other item that you have. We will all do the same. He holds the sword still kind of towards you, tosses the javelin in, and it, again, lights. You see he looks fine. The glows slightly and fades again. All right, I will go and kind of walk back towards the party and tell them, one at a time, each of you go and put your dart inside of the forge. Be careful, because it may flare up. You could get burned. I'll go next, I guess. For the sake of this, are you all doing it? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Everyone make a con saving throw for me. 18, 14. 23. Okay, you guys take no damage. So it lights up each time, and... After the last few throws something in, it lights up again and fire calms. It's lower than it was when you initially entered by a considerable amount, but it's not gone. Is there anyone else in the room? There are four dead bodies on the ground. I will say aloud, I'm going to put something from each of these bodies into the forge and this might do it. So he grabs the body he was tearing apart and tosses it into the forge. (laughs) (laughs) That works. Do the runes glow? The runes glow. All right. Can we repeat that for the remaining? Either have him toss in the bodies or toss in something that looked like it belonged to them. Upon completing and tossing in the bodies, the flames die down completely. The heat almost immediately leaves the room. 
and you actually hear the sound of an unlocking from the hallway behind you and the hinges squeaking as what sounds like the door is opening. As it opens, you see the creature just, and he just starts to walk towards the hallway, kind of staring at you. Like you see him gesture like away, like you and away and then him and then towards the hallway. I would motion like to let him pass to the rest of the party. I'm, I'm going to let yeah, him I'm pass. Yeah, I'm not going to block yeah, him. No. I'll step aside as well. Yeah. yeah. As you guys are out of his way, he kind of stares at all of you, confused. I would give like a, a nod of like, you know, you're good. I'm not going to mess with you. <laughs> and then just turns and walks away. I assume we pick back up our weapons that we put on the ground yes. yeah. once he's gone. You do see that the fire has completely died down from the forge and there is something inside. I will go and take a look. You notice it's like a small alcove that was blocked by the flames, and there is a small bag and a shining kind of silverish-bluish key. Hmm. I will extract them. Okay. In the bag, you see two bloodstones. What are bloodstones? They are gems. Oh, all right. The key is incredibly light. As in maybe made of mithril? Roll an intelligence check for me. (laughs) With proficiency. Okay. The hammering sound has stopped, by the way. So it's an eight. This key feels very light, although I'm not quite sure what it's made of. Does anyone else know? (laughs) That's your area of expertise. (laughs) Roll intelligence. I will give you some guidance, however. Fourteen total. All right. It is mithril. Hey! There's a mithril key. Yeah, that's, that's mithril. I thought so. I was just checking to see if you'd. <laughs> so the key may go to something in here. So I guess I will. You said there were two bloodstones? Yep. Okay. I will put them into my bag. Okay. So what would you guys like to do next? You are currently in this smithy that is now not boiling hot, and there is no hammering sound. Can we investigate the area? Go ahead. Roll investigation checks for anyone who would like to. I'm just going to look around. I'm a perception check. Go for it. We will start with investigation checks. Who rolled investigation? 15. 26. Nice. Okay. I will get to those in a minute. And perception checks. Elaine? 14. 10. So going about the room, it is a smithy, and you do notice that there are actual runes on the underside of the anvil in here, and there's runes on the interior of the forge. You can make an arcana check if you want, Leuven. Yep. Which is... 11. Based off of the runes, it looks like there is some sort of magic here to create a fake auditory sound. Their magic in the forge definitely seems like evocation in nature, but beyond that, you don't know too much else. I'll mention all that. When he does, I'll turn to him and say, Leuven, would you be able to try and detect magic in this area just to see if there's anything we've missed? Sure. That's 10 minutes. But before we get to that, Nissa, you found a little extra. You find tucked away, you notice actually that it's a little bit of a hidden compartment by some barrels down to the south. As you are rummaging around, you notice a small potion vial with a red <gasps> liquid in it. As you continue searching, you also notice what appears to be just a small, simple, like green hat. Okay. But considering everything else in this room, it is in pristine condition. However, that does take you a little bit to find, and Leuven is going into his detect magic ritual, so is anyone doing anything else? Can I inspect the anvil and see if I can make sense of the runes? Roll Arcana. 
21. Okay, so based off of your understanding of magic, the anvil itself seemed like it was intended to create the sound of a hammer, as well as kind of almost a sending or a message spell that seems to be sent outward. Is that in addition to the ring or the ringing functions? It seems like the, the ringing functions and the message spell sends it outward. Okay, so that looks to be the only thing that it did. Yep. Okay, I will relay that to Leuven. Huh, that, that has some potential uses to it. Yeah, it's misdirection. Yep. Or as a lure. Stomping out. <laughs> so by about this point, Nissa, you've found the items. I was going to say, normally I would just often try and pocket things, but these I'm going to like excitedly turn around and go, look, look, guys, found something. Look, Leuven, is this, and she's like holding the vial up. Is this, is this Healy? Please say it's Healy. Would I know by sight or do I need to? Roll Arcana. Actually, you can't yet. You are doing your ritual. I could take a look at it though. Okay. By about this point, also your detect magic goes off and those items are both glowing magic. The anvil has magic on it and the forge has magic on it. So no, no, no new information, really. The hat has no revolution on it, and the potion bottle is showing an evocation? So now that my uh, tech magic is done, can I take a look at the potion? Yes, Arcana roll. 25. It is a potion of healing. <laughs> Yay! Cool. I mentioned it. I mean, it's not as good as my potions, but, you know, in a pinch. Well, I don't think your potions always work, right? They only work once a day or something like that, you said? Yeah. Okay. So it's, I wouldn't say it's not as good as heals less. Are you guys doing anything else while Auric takes 10 minutes to identify the hat? Helene is very impatiently tapping her foot, waiting. During the 10 minutes, I, I do just write down what that rune was for the for the illusion, just so maybe I, I could use it later for something. The anvil, you mean? The message? The one that was, like, misdirecting. That was the anvil. Oh, the anvil. Yeah. It's got what appears to be some sort of evocation and enchantment, and it, it has several auras on it. But you can write down the runes to, to potentially use later. Yes. Okay. So, Identify is released. It is a hat of disguise. What does it do? <laughs> you have to attune to it. It allows you to cast the disguise self spell at will. Oh. So, actually, Jane, yes. what would you like the hat to look like? Because you found it. It's green, but beyond that. Right now, could it be like an Indiana Jones style hat? Got it. Fedora. On it. <laughs> So, what is your guy's next move? Check out the other path. Okay. And keep an eye out for keyholes, runes, and bad places on the floor. <laughs> Go ahead and roll perception or investigate, whichever you would prefer, as you guys are heading onward. 10. 19. 12. 9. So, you guys continue onward and go down the new path. It eventually leads you to a, uh, what appears to be almost a throne hall. As you guys are wandering about, you don't notice any additional traps, any of the plaques, but you do see uh, simple unlit braziers surrounding six marble columns that hold up this vaulted ceiling. There are what appears to be thousands of empty round slots in the ceiling where what looks like gems could have once been set. However, the image has been faded and cracked over time. Wide marble stairs rise up to an imposing throne of marble that sits between two large braziers that are currently lit and flicker, causing shadows to dance around the room in an eerie light. Your footsteps echo off the empty halls as you approach the stairs and look up towards this throne. Now, the room is currently empty, but as you are scouting, Nyssa and Elaine, you both notice that a single marble tile right in front of the throne seems loose. Definitely would stop the party and point it out while looking okay. around like, uh, this is the only thing I think it's out of place. Could I send Mei-chan to go and check it for traps? 
Oops, please do. Okay, roll investigation. 12. Seems fine. Do you lift it with your mage hand? Yeah. Okay, it lifts up. Nothing happens. Elaine, because of your roll, you notice it looks like there's some writing underneath it. Can I read the writing? You cannot. Can I read the writing? It's an elvish. I can read it. As can I. I come up and look. So it says, all must show respect to the throne of Neverhelm. There's also a hole where the marble tile once was. (laughs) It looks like a hole like you could stick your arm in it. You guys, I'm assuming you're a little bit back. So you have to step forward to look in. And the opening is almost right in front of this throne. Do you step forward? I'll step forward. Oracle step forward. Okay. You both look down. And a couple of feet down, you do see a keyhole in this opening that the tile was covering. Oracle will pull out the key and kind of like kneel down and try and insert and turn the key. Kneel reverently. (laughs) Yes. So he kneels. Your arm goes almost to the shoulder as the key goes in and you go to try to turn it. It fits, but for some reason it's not turning. Everyone else kneel down in a reverent fashion. I will do my best. I join. To mimic this reverent fashion. Fine. Nissa is not happy about kneeling. (laughs) But as soon as the last one kneels, you suddenly are able to turn the key and it disappears from your hand. No, my mithril! As to your left, what looked to be a plain wall shifts into what seems like solid glass, beyond which you see piles and piles of gold weapons... Put Armor. a hand on Nissa's shoulder <laughs> immediately. Like, wait. Score. The last thing was in a misdirection. Luvin, can you detect magic again? On it. Are you guys doing anything else? Restraining Nissa. <laughs> My fingers are itching. Nissa, how much are you struggling? I think the, there would have been in the initial, like, wanting to get up and run towards it, but as soon as Elaine's hand clamps on me, I'll be like, yeah, fine. But I'm probably twitching. Yeah. kind of yeah. lunges a little. I'm probably staying where I am now, but I'm twitching. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to stop you if we assume it's safe. All right. Then if no one else is doing anything. Just kind of keeping an eye aware to make sure there is no impending doom. <laughs> There's always impending doom. Or golems secretly coming from the other direction ready to smash us. You read conjuration magic coming from the glass. Conjuration. As well as from the braziers. Can I cast identify on... The glass. You will have to touch it. I will touch it. Auric disappears. <gasps> oh, no. Why? You, you don't see him on the other side. He just no. disappears. What? Before I get to what Auric's doing or what may have happened to him, what are the rest of you doing? Cursing. Frantically looking around trying to see where he may have disappeared to. If there's any hints, any signs, anything. I pick up a small piece of rubble and just lightly toss it toward the glass. And it disappears. How does it disappear? It just seems to be there and then not there. Does it look like it phases through it or just poofs? I like how Auric, who's not there, is asking all these questions. <laughs> well. <laughs> um, it, it looks like it basically just poofs. Okay. Those of us who use magic. Can roll an arcana check. 23. 10. 12. Okay. Luvin. This is some sort of teleportation magic. Oh, it's fine. It just teleports you somewhere. We can go in. Let's go. Whoa, 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 whoa. Teleports where? Yeah. Well, wherever Auric just went. So are we going to help him or not? I'm going to help him. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... I wish he would listen when I said, wait, fine, go. So you all touch it? 
Yep. yep. I draw my scimitar and then I touch it. So when I pop okay. out the other side, I have it ready. Auric, you touch the glass and you suddenly find yourself staring at a plain stone wall. As you look about, you stare behind you and you see a another stone wall behind with two hallways on either side extending away from you, each lit with torches that line the walls. Ahead of you, you see a large mosaic of a dwarven figure, bronze skin with flames for his hair and beard. Behind him, you see what appears to be a massive forge in this mosaic with all sorts of armor, weapons, items of strange designs just scattered across uh, tables behind him. And below you see a small plaque with two things written. One you don't understand, the other is in Dwarvish, and it says, Avantir Anvilik, Great Smith of Neverhelm. Can I make a history check or something to see if I recognize that name at all? You will not recognize this name. Okay. The Great Smith of Neverhelm. I guess I would kind of study the picture for a little bit and just try and wait a few minutes to see if the rest of my party comes through. So after a few minutes, you hear almost a slight like popping sound. And when you turn around, your three party members are standing, touching the back wall. And the rest of you turn and see Auric there. I will turn to them and say, can anybody read this line here? And I'll, I'll point to the, the line that I cannot read. Do any of us read it? <laughs> nope. Auric, you almost don't feel Yadamine at all. Oh. Elaine, all the hairs on the back of your neck are up. Yeah, I hate this place. Nissa, there's a quiet here that is just wrong. Luvin, the place feels heavy. Heavy, like a physical weight. Like you feel as if something is weighing you down. Okay. By the way, I, I know my connection to Vladir is not like that which Auric uh, uh, has with his god, but do I sense a similar weakened connection? Roll religion. Okay. 15. You don't feel any different than you normally would. Okay. So, where are we? Do anybody got any, anything? Well, Luva, do you still have your detect magic up? I, I should, right, Tony? Actually, oh. Roll an intelligence saving throw. Oh. Oh. Uh-oh. Just Luvin. Oh no. oh, no. 12. All right, your detect magic drops as you are overloaded with magic all around you, everywhere. Ugh. Like, Luvin actually recoils, and for a moment, you do go blind, and your vision does quickly return. But. So it's like night vision goggles when you turn on the light and just everything blows out? Initially, like Luvin, you were staring at the wall, and you turned, and then just aura everywhere, and it was oppressive and heavy and just... Your detect magic is off. It's gone. You don't even realize you dropped it, but you did. He uh, stumbles momentarily. It's everywhere here. <sighs> Something's definitely not right with this place. I hate this place. Much hate. We should probably continue on. Can, can I do a quick test, guys, before we go? Yes. I would like to back up to the wall that we popped through. Yes. And touch it. Nothing happens. Oh, I knew it. I really don't like this. We have no choice. We have to go forward. So you continue on? <laughs> yep. All right. As you go down one of the halls, you realize that this wall just bisects the room. So both the two hallways converge in the same spot to a large metal door, above which is written, The Vault of Neverhelm. As you approach it, you hear a loud scream come from somewhere on the other side and just hear, No! Stay away from me! And that is where we're going to leave this episode for today. Thank you all for listening. Please share this with your friends and follow us on Twitter at Rules is Written. 
or check out our website at dndraw.com. And feel free to email any questions to the DM Tony at dm at dndraw.com. Also, subscribe and leave us a review or comment anywhere podcasts are found. And if you're interested in supporting the show, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. Keep on rolling. See you guys next week.